If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My guest today is Kathy Knowles. Kathy is a speaker, trainer, and consultant who speaks on the seven-step system for creating more purpose, profit, and possibilities. She works with entrepreneurs, small business owners to hire right the first time and have more loyal and dedicated employees and customers. Ultimately, Kathy's clients make the leap out of the day-to-day and go on to playing a much bigger playing field so they can do the work that's in their heart and leave their legacy. I'm pleased to have Kathy to talk to us a little bit about her seven-step system, her background, her business. She's also an author, so she's in the process of writing a new book. So she'll tell us a little bit about all that. But, but without further ado, Kathy, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today and talk to you and everyone else. It's, it's exciting. Thank you. Great. So, Kathy, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. How did you get to where you are today? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I kind of fell into human resources. It certainly wasn't my plan when I was going to school, going to college. Um, and I've just sort of always had a really strong foundation when it came to people and working with people and, and things along that line. So uh, it matched me well. Mm. So I have over 25 years HR experience um, in corporations and you know how it is. Those last few years, I kind of started to say, oh, I, I you know, I'm bored. I, I don't feel as if I'm being creative enough. Mm-hmm. I, I really need a change. And so in 2014, I ended up leaving corporate and starting my own consulting business. Mm. Now, I know while you were working, you were starting your consulting business on the side, kind of like most entrepreneurs. Do. You, oh, you started yeah. it off as a side hustle and then you now, <laughs> you now grew to the point where, okay, it's viable enough for you to step off and leave corporate completely. So tell us a little bit about, you know, going through that side hustle process of figuring out if it was going to be a viable business to take care of your needs and your family's needs. Because of, I know that was one of the main concerns you had. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I actually at that point in time was the breadwinner in the family. So really stepping back and and laying out the foundation. So when I started my business on the side, one of the first things I did, because I I had that, you know, quote unquote paycheck coming in, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I did was make the big investments. As far as, you know, um, making sure all of the office products were in place as far as the printers and the scanners and the, you know, the, the, the laptops and, and all of that type of thing. So all of those expenditures I went ahead and made. And then what I was doing as well is making the website, you know, getting my federal tax ID number again, sort of spending all that money, right. Mm -hmm. Um, to ensure all of that investment was out of the way. Mm. And then I started to build a tribe. 
Mm. Um, I was going out into the world and, and starting to talk to people and really finding my own voice. And it was probably one of the best things I did because of the fact that my voice has changed so much over the last six or seven years since I've had my business. Um, so it's, it really gave me the confidence to sit down and say, okay, if, you know, if I'm bringing in this much month, then what is it going to look like when I step away? And I had a real clear picture of that before I made the decision to leave. Wow, that's great. You took a less risk. So people always say entrepreneurship is very risky, but you approached it the smart way, which was you mitigated all the risk up front. You know, you used the money coming in from your paycheck to set up the tax ID number, buy all the equipment you need, and then you started putting your name and putting yourself out there to start seeing if what you were going to do was going to be something that the marketplace wanted before you now decided to take the plunge 100%. I love that. Yeah. So you said yeah. something here that your voice changed over time. So one thing as entrepreneur as entrepreneurs <laughs> is that, you know, when you're trying to start yeah. a business and especially when it's dependent on you, you're you're the person making the sausage and you are the sausage. So um how what was your <laughs> voice at the beginning and then when you were interacting with people, how did you realize that you needed to adjust and switch in order to meet what people were telling you they wanted. Oh, this is so crazy for me to even admit. But well, for you. <laughs> um, I, I, business, getting so burnt out with human resources and corporate and business and all of that, that I said, no, I this game, empowering people, empowering um that's a, that's really the way my business is more of an empowerment type thing uh, where people were more or less going inside of themselves to find their own inner guidance, to find their own answers, to step away from kind of like all that drama and dogma so they could find that stillness within and then step forward and create what it was that they wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So last year I was in doing a women's retreat in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And amazing women, all a part of my tribe, some new to my tribe, some had been in my tribe a long time. And I just found myself, because so many of them were saying to me that most of my tribe, empowering women at that point, had businesses anyway. Mm. So, so many of them were saying, oh, Kathy, man, I hired this person. It wasn't the right hire. I'm afraid to let them go. I'm afraid of lawsuits. I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. So I found that I was doing a lot of the business business stuff for them. So in Santa Fe, it was a whole women's empowerment retreat. And I was standing in front of the room thinking, I don't want to, I want to help them with their businesses. Like I want to, you know, I want to get out the stickies and, and everything else. And I want to start mind mapping and I want to start doing all of this. So that's when it was really clear to me. And I came home and immediately started telling all of my tribe and building this so that I'm back in now kind of that HR realm. Mm. And you, I missed it. <laughs> yeah, you missed yeah. it, but you were able to course correct because the market was telling you exactly what they wanted and you obviously had that skill set. Because a lot of times when we want to start something, we feel, okay, we're going to start a business. We'll start in a different line and 
not many people sit down and realize that you know what i've i've been doing this for 20 30 years i'm i'm pretty good at this you know why don't i apply what i've been doing in corporate to people outside and do this for myself yeah. rather than doing it for the for the company and then get a paycheck yeah, yeah. so yeah I, and so it's it's no wonder right that 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 these women that own their own businesses were just naturally coming to me to say mm-hmm. hey Kathy you know this is going on that's going on what do you think mm-hmm. um because it's part of my dna yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i know the biggest thing they were telling you about was you know and you talk about it a lot which is hiring rights so let's talk about hiring rights cuz um mm-hmm. the main thing in business is a relationships and that's relationship with people that work with you and work for you so what does yeah. it take to make the right hiring decision in a- well you know i i think there's uh about five places where where businesses can really go wrong shall you say in the hiring process and probably the biggest challenge a business has is really being clear. I mean, being clear in two ways. Number one, being clear on the vision of where you want your company to go in a year or three years and hiring for that. It's like, we're not really hiring. We are hiring for our needs right now, Mm -hmm. but we also have to have that ability, right, to hire for the future. And so that's number one. And a lot of times, too, people will come to me and say, oh, Kathy, I'm so busy. I just need an assistant. Well, is that really what you need? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's stepping back to really get clear on what position is it you need and how, how what what will their day to day responsibilities be? Mm. Um, because if the CEO is not clear on that whoever they hire will not really ever be clear on their role either. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. But the next thing to that is that when people hire, there are two ways to look at a hiring decision. You either look for a cultural fit or a credential or a skill fit. Now, the problem lies in when you hire somebody that has the right credentials and the right skills but does not fit in the culture. You know, so that causes mm. a lot of grief and a lot of um, stress for so many people. It will cause grief yes. for the person that's hired as well as grief for the people working with that person and their manager. So how, how, how do we deal with that, especially in an entrepreneurial or small business situation where you have, you know, three to five people working together and, you know, those things are going to actually hinder the way you do business? Right, right. One of, to me, I love the fact that you asked that. A question because for me cultural fit is more important than skill set and you know sometimes a position may be available for a month two months three months while you're waiting for that perfect mix of both right mm-hmm. and so um, it's one of those things where I I really believe in culture oriented questions. I believe that every interview should have anywhere to five from five to seven questions that deal with nothing but the culture of your business, mm-hmm. looking for those attitudes. Because one of the things I've learned is people really don't get terminated because they can't do the job. They are terminated or let go because they don't have the soft skills. Mm. or the attitude or the behaviors. So those behavior-based questions are some of the most important questions you can ask. Okay. 
so so give us an example of what are some of those behavioral questions because when i think of culture i know culture is very broad but i'm thinking of culture in a way like okay we're all extroverts we're all the boisterous type a personalities we want to hire other type a personalities to work with us to get things going right right yes <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's kind of the challenge, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, because we can't hire everyone like us. Yeah. Because we really need that team. So my first suggestion would be to really, first of all, I say this all the time, the interview is not really a conversation. Now, you don't want it to feel like an interrogation, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's, it's not a conversation. It really is an interview. So we must start by asking open-ended questions. So that would be something like, tell me a time when, or what did you do when, or describe a failure. Um, Tell me about a project or how do you, like those are really good open um, ended questions because it, it props the candidate, the applicant to tell a story more or less about their lives. And the beautiful thing about that is you can find out a lot about them, their attitude, their behaviors through that story, but you can also tell a lot about their skill set. So, so for instance, like a really good question would be if we were sitting here a year from now, um, celebrating what a great year it's been for you in this role, what did you, what did we achieve together? Mm. Because with that question, you're going to get an idea about a lot of things. Number one, you'll, uh, again, understand their attitude, behavior. You'll understand their drive. Mm -hmm. You'll understand their their confidence. You'll also know and be able to tell from that one question uh, how detail-oriented they are. Mm. It's a very interesting question. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. And then another question I think that's really important to learn to ask, um, which will tell you a lot about their culture too, which this sort of seems like it doesn't work, but it's very important. Uh, what's the highest dollar amount that you've earned over the last year? And do you feel that's fair? Wait, wait I, 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 don't, I don't get that. So what's the highest dollar amount you've earned? And do you feel that's fair? And that's, yeah. you're asking the candidate? Yes, you're asking the candidate. And, and you're asking. Okay, go on. Yeah, you're asking for a few reasons. Okay. Number one, you want to know if that dollar amount that they say to you is within the budget that you're willing to pay, even okay. though within your job posting and all that, you may have already said something, mm-hmm. but you just want to know. And then two, uh, do they think that's a fair amount? And that is probably more important than mm. the first part of the question because everything about business has to do with money, right? Yeah. We're all in business to make money. Yeah. So there needs to be that more or less openness or the feel for the applicant or candidate to be able to talk about money. And it starts with them talking about their own money. And, you know, if they don't think they were being paid fairly, that's a fine answer. They can answer it that way and say why. Yeah. If they do feel they were being paid fairly, that's a great answer too. Um, but it really is kind of like one of those really big eye-opener questions. Yeah. Now, what about on the other side, the side of the applicant? Too? What are some great questions 
to ask a hiring manager to determine if you're a good fit with that company because sometimes i know people just want to get a job and work but at the same time it's good to be smart and strategic about where you're interviewing so that you know that you're going into a place that you will not be stressed at that you will enjoy and that you feel that you have something vested for a, a certain period of time whether it's three years or five years before you decide to take the next step Yes, yes. I think, number one, I think that doing research on the organization is really important. So going out, finding out what you can about the company and their services. And while you're doing that research, if there's anything there that triggers you, you know, while you're out there, it's like, oh, if you find you're curious about something, dig a little bit deeper into that. But, you know, some of the questions that I would ask, too, is where does your organization plan on being a year from now mm. and how do you plan on doing that growth and then I would ask about their customers too because a really neat thing is you know team members or employees they're your biggest customer advocates yeah. they're the ones that are out with the customers every day so what is their ideal client what does their ideal business look like um, who are, if they don't mind telling you, some of their biggest customers? Because that'll give you a feel, too, of, um, of you know, branching out from where the business is, mm -hmm. branching out into the community, who, you know, who they are. What is your reputation? Those are really important questions to ask because it's about your career. Yeah, that's true. And so your seven-step system, where does that play in this when you're talking to a particular client who's dealing with these type of uh, human resources yeah. issues? Yeah, you know, the seven-step system really came about when initially when I started doing a lot of my empowerment work, right? Because yeah. I was talking to the, I, I was talking to these and working with these business owners who were really just feeling completely depleted. Like, what did I start a business for? I feel like I'm an employee in my own business. I didn't think it was going to look this way. And so with the seven-step system, you know, step one is really strategizing your journey. And that is really getting clear on where you want to be one year from now and where you currently are. So it's kind of reverse engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Here's my inventory today. This is where I want to be in one year. Let's reverse engineer it and let's start working to get there. I think, too, a lot of times business owners, just as you said earlier, we'd like, we like we don't take enough time to really recognize our own strengths. It's kind of some a subconscious thing. Yeah. But yet when we hire people, we very much hire people that are just like us, which that's not what we need. Yeah. So when we can get really clear on what our strengths are, quite frankly, as well as our weaknesses – then we can go into the next step of saying, okay, so if this is my weakness, let's start hiring for these different skill sets. Oh, I love that. I love that. So basically, you want to build out your team based on your strengths and your weaknesses so that in as much as you're strong in one area, you want to have somebody else that can help you in areas where you're weak so that you have a more balanced team a more balanced organization and then you're able to grow and expand and dominate your markets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a real challenge if you have a whole organization worth of, you know, extroverts that, you know, are, are really 
love people and, and all of that if you don't have any more of the introverted type role because, wow, you know, that those are the, some of the people people that are, are in your account, that handle your accounting, that, that handle your creative work possibly, mm-hmm. you know, it's that real high detail oriented, um, I'm going to sit here at my desk and I'm going to do this and it's going to turn out beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. going from that, it, it just, um, I did some research on you and I remember something you said somewhere was that one of the most difficult times in your business career, early in your business career, was when you partnered with someone who was um, a oh. client initially, who ended up becoming a business partner, but that partnership, that relationship didn't really work out for the best, and then you learned mm-hmm. a lot about interviewing. So t- tell us a little bit about that experience, what you learned from that situation, and then how you now use those lessons to help your clients going forward. Yeah, yeah. I love that question. And you definitely did research on me. (laughs) I, um, so that is exactly what happened. I had a, this is when I was still working in corporate. I had a client, she owned her own business. She lived in another state. She was very extroverted, very much like me, uh, driven. And, um, so she, I left corporate And I had been out of corporate for about a year and she was really, you know, trying, trying, trying to get me to come on board with her. So I was on board for about three months and quickly realized that this is just not going to work out. Not her fault, not my fault, just not going to work out. And I, and I stepped away and I think part of it for me, it was slowing down on my bright, shiny object syndrome. I have a tendency to have that, you know, where, oh, look at that. That's awesome. Let's try that. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. Let's try that. And um, so this really allowed me to step back and say, um, I knew it wasn't going to work when I stepped into it. So why did I say yes, number one? And I really started reflecting it my, on myself more. And, and um, it's, so in many ways, it's taught me to say no much more often. Mm -hmm. I say no to things now more than I ever have. And it's also required me to step back and say, will our personalities really work out in this? Um, Mm -hmm. Because again, right, it's it's two people that were very much the same saying yes to move forward to do something. Well, where's the rest of the team? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. really a challenge. And, and I think that could also be extended to every other partnership. So when you talk of marriage or you talk of not just business partnership, but, you know, even friendship, yeah. because you find that sometimes if you're getting to take, for example, like a personal relationship or a marriage, you don't want to make a decision based on something that's on the surface. You want to actually learn as much of that person as possible before you now decide that, okay, is this something I want to commit to for the long haul or not? So that's a very good um, lesson that you learned in business, and I'm sure you've translated that to other areas of your life. So uh, one other thing I want to ask you as we start to wind down the show is that many companies have a deficiency when it comes to communication. You can see from the news news media, you know, places like Uber, um, Equifax, even Wells Fargo, and was it United recently that dragged the guy off the plane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. United, yeah. So they all have communication problems. And that, I think, is one of the biggest things that is really essential 
for somebody going into the workplace. So tell us a little bit about how companies, managers, directors, and even people starting out their careers or mid-level in their careers can start developing better communication skills that will help them thrive in their careers as well as in, in the marketplace. Mm, I love that question because in my work that I do, communication is probably, not probably, communication is the most important piece. Um, you know, we see it in all of our world today, the lack of communication or misunderstanding and everyone having their own perspectives. And I think number one is to be open-minded mm -hmm. in communication, to listen, to really listen to what people are asking or what they are saying. I think it's really important to read between the lines. Um, a lot of times it's not even about what a person is saying. It's what's in that gap. Mm. And two, to understand that if we are being criticized in some way, um, not, not necessarily the negative way, right? Like, oh, you're just you're just stupid. I don't mean it like that. But if, if someone is sitting down to truly take the time to talk to you about a, play, a, a space where you're, you're deficient in something, that type of criticism, it means they care enough about you to give it to you in the first place. Yeah. Now, in, um, in communication, there needs to be more kindness, um, more humility, and just more space for true listening. So, so basically, listening is the most powerful thing in communication. That's that's the that's the way to actually thrive and to get things going by being better listeners. Why is I it, think so. Why is it so difficult, though? You know. I think that. Um, oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Mulling that over. I may have to listen to that question again. <laughs> um, why, is I, it, why is it so I, difficult? We all have that problem. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's said out there, and, and, and I could be wrong on the percentage, so if I am, I'm going to apologize in advance, but I think I read somewhere that we hear 85 or 90% of what we say and only about 15% of what someone else says. Mm. So basically, we're, we're not even listening to what the other person is saying. We're, we're anticipating what they're saying in order just to respond. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. such a great question. I love that. Wow. That would be a good blog, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Just, lis <laughs> just listen. And you can take it. And you can run with it. You can do it. Thank you. <laughs> cool. So as we start to wind down the show, Kathy, um, I have just one or two wrapping up questions for you. I know you spent a long yeah. time in corporate and now you've been running your business for almost eight years or so. So looking back on your career thus far, is there anything you think you, you would go back and change knowing what you know now? Um, I would have um, stepped out on my own to be an entrepreneur sooner. And, and I would have also, one of the biggest mistakes I made when I first went into entrepreneurship was staying in my office and working. 
Um, and I'm sure you probably hear that all the time, right? Yeah. I, I wasn't getting out in the world enough. Yeah. And so I think both of those two things I would have definitely changed. Mm. And for young, and my last question of the day, for younger people that are starting out their careers or still very early in their careers, they're unsure of, you know, what to do in terms of a career path, whether A, where they're working is where they're going to stay for the next three years, five years, or B, they may be credentialed, they may be working somewhere, but they just feel that they don't have that passion in what they're doing right now, and they just feel that urge, that itch that you had to try something different. What would you advise the two categories of people? Mm -hmm. I would say, number one, to follow your gift. Because if you have something that you're naturally good at, that's the direction that you will go anyway. Um, I think at the beginning of this interview, I, I had said I, I've always had a gift with people, mm -hmm. but I certainly wasn't planning on being in HR. But I was very blessed because that was my gift. That's where I ended up. And I think, too, another really important thing is to don't be afraid to take the leap into the unknown of something you think you can't do mm -hmm. because if you believe your gift is there, you can do it and it's going to shine through. Love it. And with that said, we've reached the end of the show. I really want to thank you for coming to share your words of wisdom, Kathy. But before I let oh. you go, where can people find you, interact with you, learn more about you and your company, Intuitive Strategies? Absolutely. Uh, my website is actually intuitivestrategies.com. And through there, you can find out a whole lot about me. And I would love for you to message me through there. Uh, of course, I always answer all of those. You could also find me on LinkedIn under Kathy Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. My Facebook is under Kathy Knowles Intuitive Strategies as well as Twitter. You can find me, Kathy Knowles, there as well. All right, and I'll link to all that in the show notes. And one more thing before I let you go. Sorry, <laughs> I do that. <laughs> no and problem. One, and one more thing. I know, tell us a little bit about what, what your, the book you're writing and what, what, what's the topic and when can we expect that out in the market? Well, it's, it's uh, kind of silly because I don't even have the title yet, but the book's definitely coming together. And it is a fable about a hiring manager who is just really struggling with hiring uh, within this business that is definitely service-based and, and pretty heart-driven. They come from a place of high integrity when it comes to their clients and customers. So it is definitely a fable about a struggling HR person trying to hire right the first time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And any idea where you think you'll be done so that we can check it out? Or we'll just come and check your website and then we'll find out when the book will be out. I'm really hoping for early, the first quarter of next year. That's what we're working on. All right, great. And um, I'll, 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 hit, I'll hit you up again. I'll find out when it's ready and then I can. Oh, that sounds up. That sounds wonderful. So, Kathy, thanks a lot for coming on the show to do the program. I really appreciate you spending the time with us to share your story, your words of wisdom, and just give us a little bit of advice on how to take our careers to the next level. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening, To Thank you for your time. Great. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, 
Go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com.